Touchdown Show in association with Touchdown Troops, getting you, yes, you. in the game. A rare Friday recording for the show. The teams are in town, the Seattle Seahawks, the Oakland Raiders, the first London game of the season. But because of work, me and Ollie haven't been to see either of them train. We may have some interviews later if Simon Clancy and Josh Peacock come through. But who knows? At time of recording, I don't. This is The Gridiron Show. done a really great show, uh, job of selling the show from moment one there, Ollie. Massively. I think that the high point was a rare Friday recording. <laughs> <laughs> that, if that's the high point, then we're in real trouble. I mean, some of the low points have been me listening to you eat a bacon and sausage sandwich. I've still got one bite left, which I'm tempted to have just while you eat. Gurgling and gurgling with your Coke Zero. There's only one, there are not one thing, there are two, three things missing from your bacon and sausage sandwich. I love the fact that you went for both red and brown sauce. Also, because I was like one of the last people into um, the canteen for breakfast, I said, oh, fab, I'll have a bacon and sausage bat, please. Thinking... Sorry, did you just go in and go, fabulous? No, Fabio is the name of our canteen. Right, yeah. Uh, And you know that, of our canteen, no, of of the head chef. I didn't know that, but I wanted you to explain it. Uh, I think we've talked about Fab before on the show, so an, I'm just hoping. He is an absolute hero. Uh, I'll tell you a little Fab He's. Like, I'm just going to tell people, if like people will know what Ollie looks like, etc. Fab's kind of like an Italian 20 years older Ollie Hunter. He's this little bald Italian man with his tash who is just, just a, a wonderful... Goatee. He's got one, a goatee. A little goatee. He's a wonderful little human being. I he know. wears braces. Which is great. All the time. All the time. He's an artist. Did you know that? Yeah. He's an artist. Just doing a little belcher off mic, so I just had to turn away. It's all right. No one else heard it. Um, And, uh, yeah, he's he's an absolute hero. He gave some lady advice. Oh, come on. To Andy Carroll upstairs. That's Scottish Andy Carroll, not West Ham's Andy Carroll. Yeah, Scottish Andy Carroll. And uh, Andy Carroll had had um, had gone on a date and it had gone particularly well. Woke up with the date the next morning. He came into work. I, Andy Carroll, just so people know, has a broguish Scottish accent and is a delightfully good-looking man. Well, so I mean, he really is. I mean, I, yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, I probably would. <laughs> and um, he he was talking to Fab about it for some reason, and uh, Fab said, and he had, he was showing some doubts, and Fab imbued some advice of. If you are in any doubt, there are plenty other people that you can go with. Was Fab suggesting that he should be like a womanizer? I don't like that. Well, if you're in any doubt, don't stay with the wrong one. No, that's, that's fair. That's basically what he was saying. That's fair. Fab is a, a, a hero. So sorry, you went into the canteen. Uh, yeah, and I asked for a bacon and sausage sandwich, thinking I'd get like one rasher, maybe two, one sausage, maybe two, three rashers of bacon and three sausages. I've had my entire daily calorie intake in that one sandwich because he was just like, got this leftover meat, I'm just going to just fill it up for you. The meat to bread ratio was ludicrous. There was an awful, awful lot of sauce on there as well. Great yeah. work. Uh, that wasn't me. He put the sauce on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy with that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, great work. 
Uh, so yeah, we've got football games to talk about. It's an amazing weekend slate of games. From the Chiefs Patriots on Sunday night football to gr- actually all good 9pm games pretty much once to four or five really great games at six o'clock plus the first London game of the season. Like I said, we, me and Ollie, Ollie and I haven't been able to go along to... We, me and uh, Ollie. We, me and Ollie. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt our own show here because we do have a great interview coming up on today's show. We've got Darren McFadden, former Raiders running back, joining us. So I'm just going to randomly insert it with a sound effect later during our uh, preview of the Raiders-Seahawks game. Anyway, back to mine and Ollie's ramblings. I'm going to ask on Sunday if Russell Wilson likes his nickname. I'm going to tell him it's rubbish. What, Danger Russ? Yeah. Should we start calling Russ Hargreaves of um, TalkSport 2 fame dangerous? Do you know what? He would love that. He would. I, th- I, think, we should th- I think we should push it in the office today and see, yeah, how, well, danger, see how it goes down. Danger is my first name, he would say. <laughs> uh, right, should we talk about the football, or do you, is there any other life goals you want to get mm. <laughs> out there into the world? What are we doing tonight? Uh, tonight we're going to see Aziz Ansari, and I cannot wait! I got the email, guys! <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, <laughs> you were uh, fifth on a list of four, but... Why are you being like this? <laughs> you didn't have to tell me that. Uh, Sam's girlfriend can't come, and so there was a spare ticket, and you were the first person I thought about. Oh, OK. I'm first reserved. That's fine. I don't mind that. You're number, you're number one on my bench depth. The job. way you said it, it was like I was <laughs> number five on your bench depth. I knew no, I wasn't going to be the first choice. Not at all. You were first reserve. No, oh, that's great. You were the first person I messaged when Sam, who got the tickets, realised his other half couldn't go. So it was me, Sarah, Sam and you. Oh, great. Sam's so many gingers. <laughs> so many gingers. So, so many gingers. Three gingers and one Latina. <laughs> that's definitely some kind of bad 80s movie, isn't it? Uh, right. Let's talk Thursday night football because you're here and we can talk about it together for once. The Philadelphia Eagles ran out 34 to 13 winners over the New York Giants because the New York Giants aren't a very good football team. Squam Barkley went for 229 yards from the line of scrimmage, but that was pretty much their entire offense. Eli Manning, I, there was a point in this game. He went four for 14 eventually in third downs. He was 0 for 8 at one point, and across a two-game stretch, they failed to convert on 15 consecutive third downs. But you know what's amazing? It's going into last night, and probably still right now, although we haven't had any King Games yet, Eli Manning leads the league in third down completions. What? Because what he's doing is throwing five or six yards short to the sticks every single time. Like, he has become the king of the one-yard dump-off on third and eight. They are so terrible to watch. They are so terrible to have to pay any attention to whatsoever. That even Saquon Barkley smashing holes, running through the middle, getting to the outside. Uh, there was one play we went for 50-odd yards on a screen that was just amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah. Even with all of that, they're still boring to watch. I hate them. <laughs> they, I hate the New York Giants. They are rubbish. The uniforms, all white, love those. Oh, great unis. Hashtag kit watch. Great unis. But, um, you're 100% right. They have nothing else. Odell Beckham, he made one kind of pretty catch, but there were some times where he should have gone out of bounds and didn't when the, it that went in the fourth corner. The Saquon Barkley, do you remember the nine-yard run up the middle and then hurdling a player and uh, spinning? And, and He is really great to watch. The rest of the offense without Evan Ingram and um, and uh, Gerald Everett and but they've got Gerald Sterling Everett, Shepard and they've got Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. and they're throwing to Latimer. No, who cares? 
and that's the that's the whole point. Yeah. The offensive line is dreadful, and the, but do you know what the offensive line wasn't as terrible last night as it has been previously. And actually, I mentioned that screen. Two or three times in the screen game, they did good things. Two or three times. Pat Shermer has that offensive line actually playing to a level above the talent that's on it. But Eli just holds on to the ball for so long. Receivers aren't getting open. They, they've got to be the easiest. I like. I would love to have the Giants come and face my team at home right now because they would just be the easiest offense to scheme for because Eli Manning is rubbish. I was... Uh, uh, um, uh, the, the, the Chargers, their three wins have been against the Bills, the Raiders, and the 49ers. <laughs> which I was thinking are the three worst teams in football. Oh. But I think I'm subbing out the 49ers for the Giants. Oh, but they've got more talent than us. They do have more talent. But, but do you know what? CJ Bethard on the New York Giants <laughs> would get them to eight wins. CJ Bethard is a better quarterback, you're saying, than two time Super Bowl winner. Eli Manning. Right now, 100%. That's what I'd I'm agree saying. with you. Um, on the other side. Who's of, worse, Eli Manning or Blake Bortles? Uh, Eli Manning. That's not even close for me. Is Eli Manning the worst starting quarterback in the NFL? Ooh. Who would Who would the Giants rather have? Or who do you. Who's, who would be a better fit? Who would make that offense work better? Ryan Fitzpatrick or Eli Manning? Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think. Well, I don't, I'm not, not sure why that's even a question. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, who's, is he the worst starting quarterback in the NFL? I, the problem is, is I don't want to say, okay, right now... Josh he, Allen. Right now, yeah, he might give you a better chance to win a game than, than maybe Josh Allen. But I don't think that's fair on Josh Allen. He's made some good plays. I'm going to say... No, I don't know. I don't know. I think he might be the worst quarterback. <laughs> he might be the worst starting quarterback. Wow. <sighs> wow. Go and get Kaepernick, guys. There are guys, there are, there, are, there are quarterbacks that maybe... No, I don't know. I really don't think... Mm, I'm, I'm literally looking through and having a think about this all the way down. No, I would say this had to be a quick podcast today, and now I'm pontificating on whether he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I'm starting to think he might be, but... Mitch Trubisky might be worse, but he had a really good game. Last two games, Trubisky's looked quite good. I don't think you can say Trubisky's worse than Eli. That's bad. That is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Giants, you are an absolute dumpster fire. You are a something storm. Can't say storm because the amount of storms that are hitting the US at the moment. But you're those. You're dreadful. So um, Odell Beckham is getting a lot of play for leaving early at halftime to the locker room and arriving late in the second half. And apparently he went to have an IV administered because he was having problems with cramp. But if he just came out and said, I was so sick of watching that offense work, I had to leave early, I'd have just let it happen. I'd have been all right with um, it respected him more <laughs> yeah I mean we have let's give the uh, the Eagles a little bit of uh, love because Carson Wentz was excellent uh, on his first his first 10 third downs he went for 150 yard, uh, 155 yards and two touchdowns um, he looked good uh, Alshon Jeffrey looked good Zach Ertz continues to be useful for him and the fact that they got the offense going the run game in about the first quarter, quarter and a half was dreadful. Wendell Smallwood couldn't do anything. Corey Clement came in, did get his touchdown, but as a change of pace guy, he's not really inspiring. But the run game started to really get going in the second half. Smallwood picked up a couple of runs of seven, eight, nine yards because Eli Manning couldn't stay on the field. The defense haven't 
kept having to be out there, mm. and they were absolutely gassed. But I do think if the Eagles are going to go on a run, they're going to need um, they're going to need to go out and find another running back from somewhere. They're going to need to find another running back, and I also think they looked better when Jason Peters, who came into the game with a bit of an injury and then left the game with an injury, they looked better on the offensive line, especially on that left-hand side, when he wasn't in the game. Because the amount of times that he uh, he was beaten for the for the strip on the one... Um, uh, sorry, he was beaten for, for plenty of sacks, plenty of quarterback hits, and, and for the times when um, Carson Wentz's arm was hit as throwing... Nelson Aguilar coming back and making a really good play. Most of those are on Jason Peters, which is sad to say, 36 years old, he needs to come back fully 100% rather than a 75% yep, Jason Peters. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and, and defensively, they had a good game. That's the last thing to say. Right, the Raiders and the Seahawks going head-to-head. The Seahawks heading to London for the first time ever at Wembley this This is weekend. new information. Uh, what? <laughs> Seahawks in London. Okay, I didn't understand the reference, but I'm sure I should have done. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> are you going to explain it to me? Nope. No. Um, no, it's just that everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Pete Carroll came out yesterday and kind of... I, I think there's a really... I did a, a Raiders radio show thing the other day. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this crowd plays out because Seahawks are a hugely followed team here. Um, have you got that bandwagon music anywhere? Uh, uh, and the Raiders, I'm kidding, and the Raiders uh, have obviously got a huge support here as well. it be really interesting to see that crowd, uh, how the crowd goes this weekend. You've got two teams who have managed to finally get the ball going on the ground. Lynch has actually looked pretty good this season. And last week, the Seahawks went for 200-plus yards on the ground, which set up their play-action game, which made their offense look viable. I'm not jumping on any Seahawks bandwagon, just to be clear. And actually, the Seahawks at 2-3 and in a league where lots of teams are struggling to get into winning records. Right now, they'll still be feeling like they could be a playoff team. I do think that from a talent perspective, these are two teams who, if this had been a matchup two years ago, would have been absolutely barnstorming. Actually, these are two teams right now who are on a downward curve. I think it's going to be exciting because they're quite evenly matched. I'm not sure it's going to be good in terms of fundamental football quality. I think there'll be an awful lot on the ground. Carson and Davis have looked really good. Penny as well. Russell Wilson hasn't run as much as... You'd think he'd have done only 11 times that he's escaped across uh, the game line. But Marshawn Lynch on the other side has looked really good this year. Really, really good. He's also catching the ball out of the backfield as well. What really worries me is Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. And those two haven't looked up, looked like they've uh, connected well. Jared Cook has been easily the best pass catcher on the Oakland Raiders. We're going to see Jordy Nelson. That's going to be a bit of a, a moment for me if I can go and talk to him afterwards as well. Um, I think the Seahawks will run all over the Raiders because I don't think the Raiders are a very good football team and I expect the Seahawks to, to win and, and quite easily because I think they've got a better head, co- better head coach and it says something when Pete Carroll is the far more likeable head coach. Wow, that's a, this is a horrible head coaching matchup for you, isn't it? These are your two least liked human beings in the NFL, maybe. I don't mind Pete Carroll when he's not on the football field. When he's on the football field, he's he, he, he all that chewing of gum and remonstrating. Get out, Carroll! Now the Seahawks, obviously, they're coming off that thirty-three thirty-one loss to the Rams, and 
that put them in a you know, that put them in a position where you'd be interested by them. The Raiders looked terrible against the Chargers, like really, really poor. Um, honestly, I, I I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I don't know if they are the more talented team. I think they're more talent. I think they've they've got Russell Wilson. They've got a bit more about them. The coaching is better. I'm going to take the Seahawks at Wembley on Sunday, but I I think it could be a tight and exciting game. Yeah, I think it will be an exciting game given the paucity of talent on the defence, both defences, but Seahawks again for me. Uh, delighted to welcome ahead of this weekend's game then former fourth overall pick for the Oakland Raiders also spent some time in Dallas as well over for the game this weekend Darren McFadden Darren Hauser how's London treating you this time round now you're not playing anymore it's, it's been great um, I've been enjoying it just to be able to get out and see the city and go around and do different tours and Buckham Palace the Big Ben clock even though it's under renovation right now but you know just to be able to get out there and see the city of London I've been enjoying it and um, really having a life, nice time how's, how has uh, life in retirement been treating you was there like that was there a pang when you saw everyone going to training camp or was there a little bit of you where you're like actually I'm quite happy just being at home on the sofa you know um, when I see everybody reporting to training camp I was like it was a relief for me like oh man I don't have to go away for three or four weeks to be gone the whole time but you know, I, I've been enjoying re- being retired. Um, I actually just had a little baby not too long. Well, she's seven months. She's seven months now. And so just being able to be home with her and spend a lot of time at home with my wife and the family, it's been great. Exciting. And are you doing, because obviously you're over here with the Raiders this week as, as one of the players coming over and kind of representing the team, doing stuff like you know, coming in and seeing with me. But uh, are you still being around football a lot since you retired? Um, I can. I haven't been around professional football since I retired. I've been to a couple games, but, you know, for the most part, I'm – not really doing much of them. I have a buddy that's a head coach at a, at a high school in Texas, at McKinney High School. I had to give him a shout out. So, <laughs> but, um, he's a head coach at McKinney High School. So I go out there and volunteer with them and just run around and try to pass some of my knowledge on to some of the kids and help them out. Oh man, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, you over, obviously, as I said, part of that Raiders team drafted there uh, towards kind of the late end of the last decade. And obviously you'll know quite a few of these players who are we're seeing over here uh, this weekend, guys who were just coming into the league when you were last there. What's been your impression of, of the Raiders' season so far under Gruden? You know, um, I, I, I love Gruden as a coach, man. And I think it's just one of those things. They're not, they're not doing very well right now. He's still trying to get it going. But I definitely believe they're going to get it going and turn it around. And, you know, I feel like he's going to do great things for Oakland and help the city out a lot. It's, it's obviously been frustrating because they've been ahead in the in the second half yeah. in almost every game they've been in and, and yet not just been able to get over that line. It's not like sometimes you see teams with, you know, one and four, two and three, those kind of records, right. and they and it's because they've played badly. But Oakland have been in pretty much every game they've played. And that's the thing. Um, we always had a thing when ever since I've played football, you have to finish. And that's one of the main things. When you're up in the fourth quarter, up in the second half, you want to just try to, we say, put your foot on somebody, throws and just go in for the kill. And, and that's something as a football player and the mentality when you want to win, that's the mentality you have to have. And, you know, that's something I think they just had to keep on finishing and keep going. And I think it's going to turn around for them for sure. A couple of players on, on the offensive side of the ball who've really stepped up recently. Um, Marshawn Lynch in the running game. I mean, for a guy who took a year out of football, came back, had to take a year to kind of get back up to speed, he's looked just unbelievably <laughs> good so far this year. He is, man. Um, I tell everybody, man, Marshawn, he's he's just a different breed when it comes to a running back guy. He's, he's one of those guys, his legs are always moving. You know, it's, it's sometimes like he's on the ground getting tackled and his legs are still moving and turning. So he's one of those guys, he's never going to start running. He's, he's always going to come and give you his all every time. And, you know, it's something you love to see out of a running back. 
and someone like Derek Carr knowing that he's got a player like that to lean on it must be fantastic for him but you've seen his connection with Jordy Nelson start to build up it's been a bit up and down over the last few years mm. for Derek with the, with the injury and with the at the end of that playoff season do you think that Gruden is the right man to kind of get the very best out of Derek Carr you know Gruden is he's a guru when it comes to dealing with quarterbacks in the offense man and that's something that I think uh, Derek Carr would definitely benefit from a whole lot he's a great player already but I feel like Gruden can definitely take him to the next step what's he like as a, as a teammate what's he like as a, a man in the locker room you know, I, I love playing with Derek. He was a rookie my last year in Oakland, and for him to come in as a rookie and take over and take charge the way that he did, you know, that's something that you love as a quarterback, and he's a, he's a fun-going, easy-going guy, and, you know, you really love that as a quarterback. Obviously, part of the reason we're seeing the Raiders over here is because of this move to Las Vegas, and there was a lot of talk about Gruden being recruited because it's that big, flashy hire, an Oakland guy coming back, right. going to Vegas. Like It kind of all sells it to the fan base a bit. What have been your feelings as, as a kind of a guy who's tr- who was first picked at, at Oakland that they are going to be moving? You know, I'm a diehard Raider fan. I love the city of Oakland, and I love the Oakland Raiders, period. You know, I'm... You know, to see them move to um to Vegas is kind of bittersweet for me because, like I said, I love the city of Oakland. And, you know, I I would love to see them just to get it turned around there and do good things for the city. But you know, I know it's time for a new stadium also, and that's something that the city hasn't been able to provide here in the last few years. And to be able to go out there and get a new stadium, I think that'll be great for them. I also want to quickly ask you about your last few <laughs> years. Don't worry, get out. Um, <laughs> uh, last few years in in Dallas, because uh, we've certainly we've seen the Cowboys over here, and we had them on the last couple of Sunday night footballs as well here on Talk Sport. A guy who was picked same place as you in the draft, fourth overall in Zeke Elliott. Just to get your impression of of him as a runner, what you saw from him when he first came into the league, and and what he does for that team. Man, Ezekiel Elliott, he's he's a hell of a running back, man. You know, that's one of those guys. Uh, I, I will put him in one of those categories as Marshawn Lynch. He, he's a guy. He's going out there. He's going to give you 110 percent every time. He he's a hard runner. He's you very seldom see him um, brung down by the first tackler. He's always two or three people trying to bring him down. And you know, he's just been going and getting better and better each time he's been out. And you know, that's something I love to see in him. It's got to be nice when you're a running back, though, and you know that your team have invested that much money in the offensive line that you've got. I mean, those guys up front, they're so athletic. They move, you see, the, the, the kind of pull blocks and getting to the second level where they are. Yeah, Just, you know, there are guys who are weigh 180 pounds and can't move like some of the linemen do in, in Dallas. And so that's got to be quite nice to be running behind. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, When I got there in 2015, they pretty much had the same offensive line. And, you know, I can honestly say, hand that's one of the best offensive lines that I've played, played in behind since I've been in the NFL. And, you know, just to be out there with those guys, they made my job a lot a lot easier. So they just open the holes up for me. I just hit them running, and, you know, I think that's something they do great, and they're going to continue to do it great. Well, you helped me win my fantasy league that season <laughs> in my flex, so uh, uh, I was pleased you were behind them as well. Um, finally, what have you made of kind of coming back to London now and seeing everything that's going on with the teams now versus, you know, you were here just a few years ago and we're at three games most likely four games next season all this talk of a for team here how what's your impression of football in in the UK you know I, I love that idea you know just to be able to have the fans here get football firsthand and be able to come out and see the guys meet their players and things I think I, I, I love that idea and you know I think it's something that that we should definitely continue to do and um, just to see how much the sport has grown here and the fans the way that they come out and support we were in um, we wouldn't stop by our Raiders pub earlier and 
we had guys here from Sweden saying that they came all the way from Sweden to see us, and you know it was just amazing to see. And um, you know, I, I really respect the guy, the guys that have traveled that far just to come and see your your team play. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's a happier trip to London for the Raiders this <laughs> right. time round than it was when you guys were out here last time. Do you think they? Uh, do you think they've got the beating of the Seahawks this weekend? You know, um, the way that we've been playing, I think we're going to definitely go out there and put it all on the line. And um, I'm sure Marshawn has a chip on his shoulder with playing against the Seahawks, so. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get the team fired up and be ready to play. I will get in trouble if I don't ask one last question. <laughs> and that's about Khalil Mack. Uh, we've got the Chicago Bears on radio next week. I know I'm going to be in trouble because there's Raiders guys in the other room as well. Um, but did you ever have to pick up a block against him in a blitz or anything in practice or ever when you went up against him? Because he's a terrifying human being. It's funny. Um, my last year in Oakland, he was a rookie as well. And um, he was the top pick for that year. And so going against him in practice I would have to tell him because like he's always high motor guy just <laughs> going and going I'm like look bro I've been in the league seven years man you don't have to come in here and do all that extra stuff with me do it to the younger guys but I don't want you to do it with me <laughs> so it was one of those things I tried to get a good understanding with him but he's a hell of a player man and I respect everything he does well, it's a hell of an asset for the Chicago Bears, but hopefully the Raiders can use those picks wisely going forward and, and see so. some success. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. So. Uh, Darren, really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming in to join us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Uh, let's, uh, let's turn our attention to the 6pm games then on Sunday because it's a great slate of 6pm games this weekend. Really, really great. And let's start off, and this is going to... Oh, well, Ollie, let me ask you what you think of the six o'clock games, I'm giving you time to have them up in front of you, all as a, as a line. Which one you think is the game of the weekend in the six o'clock games? <clears throat> okay. There are some amazing games. If you're talking from a, a points, lots of points on the board, I think Atlanta-Tampa Bay will be really exciting. If you're looking at... Uh, a, a, a divisional battle which will mean a lot for both game, both teams it's Steelers-Bengals and for teams that yeah it's, it's probably out of those two but I also like Panthers-Washington as well I'll tell you what my six o'clock game of the weekend is go on the Los Angeles Chargers at the Cleveland Browns oh yeah the dog pound is a, they are undefeated this season so far at the dog pound you just said it the Chargers the teams they've beaten this season the Raiders the 49ers and the Bills. They've now got to go on the road to Cleveland and prove that they are an exciting football team to watch. They are a good football team. There's so much talent there and they're not getting Joey Bosa back, it looks like, until after they've been to London next week to face the Titans. These two weeks, Browns and Titans are two teams who have proven that even though they're not much fancied teams, and I know everyone's loving the Browns right now, but nobody thought they were going to be you know, undefeated at home and a potential playoff team and everything else that they are right now, if you look at purely record and stats, the Chargers need to prove over these next two weeks that they are the team that many picked to, do, to get into the playoffs, to do well in the playoffs this year, to even go to the Super Bowl, some people were picking them. This is the two-week stretch where really we're going to see what they are. I mean, it's great. I love that you brought up what they are. What are they? What because are they? What are the Chargers? Because the two teams that they've lost against are arguably the two best teams in the NFL right now, in the Chiefs and the Rams. So they've beaten three out of the four worst teams, and they've lost to the two of the best teams. So they are a quintessential what are they? We don't know what they are. And now that they're going to a difficult place in Cleveland against the Browns who have just come off 
a, a morale boosting win against an NFC North an AFC North rival. This is a really really interesting game. I like that you've brought that up, Willie. Uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of leaning to taking the Browns at home, Ollie. I think their defense is really good, but on the other side of the ball, we obviously—I mean, we could list off all the weapons, but we didn't seem to do that every week. There's a lot of them there, and I, like, I obviously love Philip Rivers, but it's the same. But you've got to say, for the Browns' perspective, this is the best offense they've faced since playing the Saints in Week Two. So whoa, 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 it's a bit whoa. of a prove-it game for them as well. The Ravens were a good offense. They are a good offense. We were bigging up the Ravens as yeah. being a really interesting offense. So I'm just wondering if we if we made a mistake on that. We may have made a mistake on just, that. Just questioning myself. Flacco a bit. being Flacco when he's not in his own building and all of that. But um, yeah, I, I, look, look, Keenan Allen against Denzel Ward. I think it's a really interesting matchup. I'm really excited to see uh, Miles Garrett going up against and, and trying to chase down Philip Rivers. I think it's going to be a, a gritty dogfight of a game. I'm going to take the Chargers on the road. I'm taking the Browns. I want to see the Chargers go come to London four and two and Browns on baby off a road win. Willie, where are you taking that? By the way, what what you where are you taking the Browns? Oh, on the Gridiron uh, Predictor game. If you head to Gridiron-Magazine.com and go to play, and you can go to the picks game and you can win. Should have done that Merch for the last night's game. <laughs> what do you mean? I keep forgetting to do the Thursday night game. Well, we picked earlier in the week, so we'll just add your pick on what you picked earlier in the week. Who did you pick earlier in the week? I only picked the Giants because you picked the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. So you don't want us to add your pick. That's what you're saying. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, my next game uh, of choice, and I've put them in an order, so we're going to go by my order. Yeah, let's do that. Great. <laughs> Classic Willie. Is <laughs> <laughs> the 2-2-1 two, two Pittsburgh Steelers heading to the Paul Brown Stadium to take on the 4-1 and one Bengals. Now, just think about this, Ollie. And I'm going to do this twice in today's show. Okay. This is going to be the first time I'm going to do it. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Steelers on Sunday, move three games or two and a half games ahead of them in the AFC North and have the tiebreaker over them as well. I mean, who could have predicted that through six games of the season? No one would have thought that. No Wow! I mean, the Bengals have been really interesting on offense. Defensively, they've, they've, I think they've played better than the sum of their parts. And... Getting Vontae's perfect back last week was a, a huge boost. And then in a big NFC, I keep saying NFC, AFC North clash here, I really like the Bengals at home. I really like the Bengals at home. However, Pittsburgh are vastly improved from two weeks ago when I lost my proverbial proverbial on the air on TalkSport when that offense was dreadful. Big Ben was struggling with an elbow injury and complaining of pain in the way he was throwing in the first half. Second half, he changed the way he was throwing, more side army, and it worked. He looked really, really good. What kind of Big Ben are we going to see this week is is obviously going to dictate how well the Steelers do against that very, very good uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense. The Bengals took a while to get going, obviously, against uh, the Dolphins, and the Dolphins have, a, you know, a decent defense, good amount of speed. That was a much better performance from them versus what they did uh, against the Patriots, obviously. But I, you know, as we're going to talk about with the Chiefs later on, going to New England is never a particularly easy thing to do. But with Joe Mixon back, with Andy Dalton having a pretty decent season, uh, nearly fifteen hundred yards already through uh, through five games, so he's averaging just under three hundred yards a game. Little bit 
quick to give the ball away. Already seven interceptions on the season so far, but that comeback from 17 points down to win 27-17 feels like exactly the sort of thing needed to get their get their legs under them get them going they're scoring over 30 points a game fourth in the NFL for that AJ Green's at brilliant I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals I'm taking the Bengals meow <laughs> that was rubbish I know I'm taking the Bengals I'm just checking my, my only thing while you're checking uh, the Dolphins averaged nearly six yards a carry last week. Bengals 23rd in the league against the run. Could James Connor have a second massive week in a row after his big game against the Falcons? Yeah. OK, Gio Bernard did not practice. Oh, I don't know. I think he's really key as a change of pace. Um, Joe Mixon was the only rusher last week. I really want Gio to play because he's had a very, very good season as well. But I'm taking the Bengals. Ooh. All right. What's what's next on your list? Uh, next on my list. Your list. <laughs> uh, we're, we head to FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, where uh, the Washington football team welcome the Carolina Panthers in town. Panthers at 3-1, and one, Washington at 2-2. Two and two, uh, Top the NFC East, amazingly, uh, going up against a, a Panthers team that... Coming out of that same NFC South where they were absolutely drubbed by the Saints, mauled by the Saints on Monday night. And you know what? I'm quite liking watching Carolina this season. But they're a weird team because Christian McCaffrey's looked pretty good on the ground and obviously when he's catching the ball out of the backfield, but he he really hasn't done it that often. Only 27 receptions and he's the leading receptor of, um, of Cam Newton's passes. Newton's not thrown the ball that much. They haven't got much through the air. Devin Funches and Jer- um, Jarius Wright is really their their only other options in the air. Greg, uh, Greg Olsen could be back this week. He was Ooh. a full participant in Ooh. practice yesterday on Thursday, which is great news. <sighs> I, again, I think they were a little lucky to beat the Giants last week. They needed a 63-yarder from Gaies. Um and Washington, but Washington were dreadful last week as well. It, this is a strange, this is a weird game, a difficult game to call for me. Panthers, it's that run game that does it for me. Obviously, you talked about Christian McCaffrey, but then they have got the running back at quarterback in Cam Newton, who's also posting his career high in terms of completion. Um, he's been kind of fine through the air, which is all he needs to be when everything else is, so, yeah. is on the ground with them. Um, I just feel like. For Washington, they need a massive bounce back. And, and the key to their season has been absolutely, massively inconsistency. That big win over Green Bay. I mean, even the way they beat Arizona, who at the time we weren't keen on as a team, but have shown since that they have got a bit of fight in them. But then the weird loss to Indy, the th- drubbing in New Orleans. I mean, a very, very up and down team so far. Um, I, I just... Yeah, I like the Panthers on the road. I'm going to take a lot of road teams this week. I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. I love the Panthers. I love the the uniform. I love Christian McCaffrey. But I've got a feeling that Washington will bounce back and win this. So I'm going to take Washington. Uh, uh, next on my list. Your list. <laughs> uh, the Chicago Bears head into Miami to face the Dolphins. Um, and there's a reason to be somewhat positive about the Dolphins in this game after their back-to-back losses. Really? Is that even though they're going up against that monumentally powerful Chicago Bears D, 
they've got Mitch Trubisky going up against a D that did a pretty, pretty good job on the Bengals last week. That's the only reason I'm saying that I think this game is a bit more competitive than many would expect. But I'm taking the Chicago Bears. Taking the Bears on the road with Trubisky. Trubisky's been better the last two weeks. Um, I mean, obviously he had that ridiculous six touchdown game and then they had a bye week so he was really good then um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I was just waiting you did it first time and I was like okay <laughs> yeah it was, it was trying to be funny it was funny uh, yes. uh, it's, it's, it's got a callback a tee up a knock out of the park yeah, eventually yeah well done mate I mean out of the park it's normally a bunt uh, and a scramble to first base but that's what my comedy is and I'm sticking with what it what are you doing bringing baseball into this <laughs> you of all people what's going on over there I do hate baseball as well it's weird weird um, yeah I, do, I don't know Ollie, what's I that noise <laughs> do you know what I think even though the be- and I like teams coming off bye weeks because they've got longer to prepare they're fresher but they're going down into Miami there's a hurricane hitting North Florida that could galvanise some of the Miami players, give Florida something to cheer. I'm going to take Miami. I think Miami will bounce back. They're decent at home. That's where they're going to look at getting all of their... They, they're, they're hoping to go 8-0 at home. Obviously, they all are. But I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take a lot of home teams. I'm going to take the Bears. I think that D will win it on the road. Oh, the D are insane. And it, it's one of those, really, it's where... I actually really enjoy watching the Chicago Bears defence and when they get on offence I'm like, I'll, I'll leave that Trubisky's rubbish Could we see 80 plus points between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons this weekend? <laughs> With, yes because both <laughs> both defences are dreadful both offences there's, there's talent on that on that ball as well and Dirk Cutter is meant to be able to yeah. get that defence working it's bad what is going on Buccaneers? Offensively it's um, it, it will be a shootout this game will be fun uh, just to see Scott Hansen loses his what's it when uh, when it ends up being fifty points to forty seven or something. Do we believe that Jameis Winston can score forty seven points? Yeah, he's got the arm, he's got the receivers, he's got the, t- the the talent on the team. Yes, I I believe that the the two tight ends I think will be key in OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. The matchups there are ludicrous, and the the the, fi- the field stretching of of uh, Deshaun Jackson they've got Mike Evans I, I love what they've got through the air and th- conversely on the opposite side of the ball from the Falcons as well It's it will be an absolute shootout coin flip taking the Falcons my concern but it could be the, 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 the Bucks. my concern is the Bucks are the number one passing offence in the NFL because Ryan Fitzpatrick kept hitting those big old bombs downfield and that's not Jameis Winston's game that you said about field stretching with some of those receivers that's where i think that winston will differ they're both i mean they're, both he and fitzpatrick have got good arms decent reading of the field but both make silly mistakes both throw silly interceptions at bad moments they could be quite um, yeah i mean i'm going to i'm going to say the falcons at home i think actually the falcons i've got a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a get healthy game for them and i think they're going to win by a comfortable double digit margin that's what i'm going to say i think it'll be single digits i think it'll be high scoring but i'm taking the falcons let's go over or under over or under 80 points uh i'm gonna say over 80 points over or under 90 points under i'm gonna say over 90 points (laughs) that's where we go yeah i mean the over under is 57 points in in betting terms by the way so we've just both claimed it's going to be over 80 points so 
<laughs> I'm saying over 90. <laughs> <laughs> it's now going to be like a 12-9 horrible, Sorry. grotty, kicks-only <laughs> game, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to uh. rain in the dome. Your <laughs> <laughs> uh, little giggle then was lovely. <laughs> uh, right, there's a few other six o'clock games that we need to storm through. Go on. The Arizona Cardinals at one and four head to the Minnesota Vikings, two, two and one. After a couple of consecutive road games and not very good road performances, uh, the Vikings have been relying on Kirk Cousins, who has been brilliant through the last couple of weeks. And between that and the Vikings' defence... I'm all about the Vikings this week. <laughs> all over the Vikings. I mean, I'm not sure whether Dalvin Cook's going to be back, but I don't think it matters that much. Vikings, to me, I think it could be a bit similar to the Giants-Eagles game that we've just had, where the Eagles are like the Vikings. They'll be a far better team all over the, across the board, but David Johnson could have a massive game as well, a Saquon Barkley-esque game. But I'm going... Uh, I'm going Vikings, and it's easy. It'd be interesting to see what the Vi- whether the Vikings can get healthy on the ground this week. The, the Cardinals are giving up 142.4 rushing yards per game, which is the second highest total in the league. And Minnesota really have been a little too heavily balanced towards Kirk Cousins, who's on almost 1,700 yards for the season already. Uh, whereas, I mean, when Latavius Murray is your first choice back with Dalvin Cook injured, that's not the best situation to be in. Um, is Cook back this week? Ollie, you're always good at knowing these uh, these yeah. things, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. I'm trying to check. If if he is, then uh, he practiced in full on Thursday. so He's back. Cook, um, he's back. Yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting to see if they try and lean on him a little bit and get the run game going, try and... Yeah, if you can get 150, 200 yards on the ground between two or three guys, which they could do against Arizona, then this will be an easy ground-out win done in about two and a half hours. The line is 10 points. Yeah. About right? Mm, yeah. Yep, I agree with yeah. you. What's next on your list of six o'clock games? Uh, we've got two more left to go. We'll go to New York first. So the MetLife Stadium. I think there's only hey. two more to go. Yeah. Hey, New York. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, know who, don't know who did the worst accent. Uh, the Jets picked up a really good victory last week, ending that three-game losing streak in which, uh, you know, Donald got better. They looked better on defence than they looked in a while. They really took it to the Broncos. I mean, whether that's the Broncos' offence being terrible or not, I don't know. And they still had some play on the ground. But the one thing that the Colts clearly don't have is a ground game. Luck has looked really good so far. Well, certainly through the last couple of games. Um, one and four... I think doesn't represent what a jo- what a decent job Frank Reich yeah. has done getting some performances out of this team. Uh, I yeah, that, I mean they said so that new game with New England last week. They kept in that game for a long time. They pushed hard. They had really good chances. The picks that were, the picks weren't on Andrew Luck. They were tips. There was a lot to like about that game and that performance. I think they might get the road upset this week. Marlon Mack is back which I think is is key. He played slightly hurt the first time round, so his stats don't look that great. I think he could be the difference maker for that ground game. Eric Ebron, who has been one of their best players, five touchdowns on the year, he's basically been listed injury-wise with quad, knee, thigh, hamstring, everything. The whole leg. <laughs> All the legs. So um, if he's out... I don't think they've got a prayer, but Ooh. if he's in, I am all over the Colts. The, do you know the Colts haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher yet this season? Well, so all of that play they got with Crowell on the ground last week. 219 yards, and they had 
99 from uh from Bilal Powell. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I'm uh, I'm going to take ooh, tie. Could could there be a tie? Tie. Third tie of the season. Yeah. First time ever. Uh who are you taking? Come on, Ollie. Uh I'll take the Colts. I like uh, the Colts. Go on, lucky. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Colts. Why not? Yeah, why why not? Uh, people are enjoying the Eli Manning worst starting quarterback in football right now. Uh, Neil Dustin says Tannehill pushing him close. Has uh, he added Simon Clancy in there? No, he's not. Bottle job. Uh, <laughs> shall I <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> throw Neil Dustin firmly under the bus? Uh, Sherry says take away two drives in his surname and he might be a monumental bust. Instead, he gets a bust. I mean, that's an overstatement. He was He was good in both of those Super Bowls and... He was good in both of those seasons as well. Yeah, but the run up to monumental well. bust is an overstatement, but it is from the king of Matt Sherry, the king of hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really a surprise. Uh, and look, there's a, quite a bit of play for CJ Bethard. Uh, Chris, point, Chris pointing out that uh, behind that O line with the way Bethard, because the one thing Bethard does more than anything else is he likes to really put his body on the line. He's made some monumentally stupid decisions for a starting quarterback <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Behind the Giants O-line, which I said played better this past week, uh, yeah, or last night, I, he might be on IR within about five drives. Talking of monumental... Case Keenum has to be in that conversation, says oh, Ian. Yeah, but that's a great shout. Uh, okay, yeah. I think that's a good shout. He's also the bassist for Bloodmines UK. Derek Carr? In a league with Blake Bortles and CJ Bethard, talk about kicking a man when he's down, says Paul. Well... <laughs> I, I, yeah, we've referenced how I think both those quarterbacks have been better than this year. He's the first person to mention Bortles. Given experience, I have to say yes. Rookies and sophomores are still learning. Da, 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 da. Mikey making some salient football points. We don't want those. We want you to be amusing. What are you doing? I never know what you're doing on Twitter. Uh, and the final game of the six o'clock kickoffs the Buffalo Bills against the Houston Texans. Two and two. Both teams desperately re- trying to reach 500. Two and three. What? Did I say two and two? Yeah. And well, I meant to. <laughs> both teams trying to reach 500. For the season. I mean, they would be 500. Uh, oh, right, okay. Yeah. No, no, both teams desperately trying to reach 500. Yeah. Uh, the Bills going into Texas. What do we reckon, Ollie? Because we watched the Texans last week, and they were by far the better team against the Cowboys. They were just wasteful, weren't they? So wasteful. I think... Four, they had five drives where they, had started, where they had first and goal within the five-yard line. The first one they turned into a touchdown, three of the other four they had field goals, and one they turned the ball over on downs. That is not good enough. No, not good enough in any way. I think the 10-point margin that, uh, that Vegas has got for the Houston Texans to beat the Buffalo Bills is generous. I think the Bills' defense is actually really good. And we saw that against... Um, the Titans last week and how they they stifled the Titans but that was outside in the in the north in the cold they're going into a dome down in Texas down in Houston I, I think the Texans will win this because I, they cannot be as bad as they were in the red zone or in the, the, the within the 10 yard line as they were against the Cowboys they can't be Buffalo um, lead the NFL with 22 sacks already. And that's amazing considering that Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy are their leading sack getters with three and two and a half respectively. They love bringing blitzes. They love bringing safeties down. They love doing all sorts of different things with that defensive front. And yeah, 
I, I have to say, I like what their defence could do against Houston. Forced eight turnovers in the past three games, winning two of those. Yeah, Watford, ha- Watford Watson <laughs> has DeAndre Hopkins, guys like Will Fuller, guys he can go deep to. Keely Cutie has, uh, has emerged over the last couple of um, couple of weeks as well. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Go on, say it. Did you say 10 points? 10 points is the is what Vegas have got. That's now. amazing. I am 100% if that is the line taking the bills with with those points. I might take the bills anyway. I'm taking the Texans. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Well, I'm taking the Texans. Well, I'm taking the Bills. Okay. There's no nothing to add there at the end there. No, moving on. <laughs> Let's take a break and then we'll do the 9 o'clock games, yeah? Yeah. You're listening to The Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you, yes, you. in the game. Hey. You know we go away in less than a month, Ollie. It's mad. Four weeks today. Do you know what time we're flying? I haven't done the, um, <laughs> I haven't done the accreditations yet. Do that today. Mate, that was... I sent you a list. <laughs> yeah, 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 You sent me a list on Monday, and I, I had a to-do list of, like, seven jobs, and I literally did everything except that. What are you doing? I don't know. I never know what you're doing. Uh, I don't know. It'll be fine, I'm sure, but... Will it? Will it? I don't know. It might be fine. I'm worried. It doesn't matter. I mean, we'll just watch the games in a bar, if not. <laughs> we'll figure it out. That's, don't worry. That's bad. We'll just buy a <laughs> ticket from a tout. Yeah. Easy enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that we're promoting those things. Uh, yeah, uh, coming up, we'll have the the, uh, the odds for the TV games this weekend with Red Zone Sports Bet as well. But let's get into the nine o'clock and the prime time games. Three barnstormers in the nine o'clock window, starting off with the Los Angeles Rams going to Mile High Stadium to face the Denver Broncos. The Rams looking to go six and O oh, Boomtown uh, against uh, well a, a Broncos team who, in the words of Ollie Hunter. What are they? What are they? What are the Broncos? Because they looked really good and sexy on offense, apart from Case Keenan, but the way they used the running backs and uh, those two wide receivers, even Cortland Sutton was getting involved. And then last week, it was just dreadful in New York against the Jets. They still ran the ball well. They did run the ball well, but-ish. But the amount of yards given up on the ground and through the air, Roby Alderson had an, an incredible game as well. It just... The, the Denver defense did not show up last week. Yeah, so here's the problem: is that you have when you put the ball, they only ran the ball 17 times in that game. They were averaging over five yards a carry, well over five yards a carry. But you, when you get that behind, you move to and when Case Keenum is throwing the ball 51 times, that's just not what you want to be seeing. 35 completions, 377 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And actually, on the question that we've asked about Eli Manning, the two answers which are coming up consistently are CJ Bethard, which as I've said, I think is unfair, and, uh, and Case Keenum. More than Bortles. Bortles is coming up far less than Case Keenum from the answers that we've had to that tweet. And, yeah, and it's amazing that that defence that has looked that has really had its moments in the front seven and got after the quarterback. I mean, there have been moments this season where Von Miller has reminded us just exactly why he's such a dominant force uh, in the uh, in the pass rush. But the secondary just hasn't looked up to scratch at all. And they just couldn't stop the run against the Jets last week. And I just figure... There are challenges for the Rams in this game. Going to altitude, it's going to be wet, it's going to be cold, it's going to be windy. It's not going to be a. It's going to be a good test to see how the Rams do in those kind of playoff season type 
conditions but i just think they're too high powered i can't see i can't see the broncos sticking with them do we know what the latest is on the two um the two wide receivers who are out with concussion for the ram for the rams whether uh whether they're going back robert woods yeah Uh, i'd love to be able to tell you but uh, the internet in here is broken cooper cup was cleared for individual drills it was i thought was, was it cooks or woods Oh, it could have been Cooks. They took place yeah. in walkthrough, apparently. Um, Rams feel good about them both playing Sunday, was the report from yesterday. Although uh, Cooks did miss practice yesterday, whilst Cup did walkthrough. So uh, I think even just having one of those two back, it makes a big, big difference for what they do with all those trip receiver sets, quad receiver sets, why ISO stuff with the tight end on the other side. Why I. Why, why I ISO? Um, <laughs> excellent. Going to use that when I see Sherry on Sunday. Uh, Todd Gurley out of the backfield as well. Like, such a, so underrated as a pass catching back as well as a, a actual between the tackles and outside zone runner. He can do it all. Best running back in football. Too much for the Denver Broncos. Is seven points about right, do you think? Seven points win for because they're on the, the road and because they're yeah because because they're on the road and because it is going a mile high and those kind of it might be a lower scoring game than you would expect a game involving this Los Angeles Rams team to be but yeah I, I fancy them I ja- fancy Jared them to Goff do it. had a bit of a tricky game last week two interceptions only one touchdown didn't look his absolute best is there a worry that defenses are starting to figure him out. I don't think it's about figuring him out. I think losing those two receivers made a huge difference for him last week. I think that I, I, Jared Goff, to think about the week before when he made four or five absolutely just mind-blowing, blistering, deadly throws. And that was that Thursday night football, that game. And just absolutely blew the opposition out of the water. And I, th- I actually think that Jared Goff is an underrated quarterback because we talk so much about McVeigh's schemes. We talk so much about the change at the line, how often they're willing to go empty set and go college style, that it's ignored that he's got a really good arm, that he can throw into tight windows, and that he does the one thing that kind of first and second year quarterbacks need more than anything else, which is bouncing back from mistakes. He's so calm and level-headed that even when he throws those amazing like 70-yard bombs to to Cooper Cup, you saw as he came off the sideline in that game, like Sean Mouvet go up and do like a body bump with him, and he kind of reacted to it and joined in, but then turned back to the sideline, got the the tablet out and just started studying plays again. He's so level, uh, and you feel like even when he makes the mistakes, he comes back in level again, and... That kind of that's what you want from a quarterback. You don't want a hothead. You want someone who's just going to be maybe a bit boring at times. But yeah, I, I like him a lot. I really like him. I'm taking the Rams in this game. I, I don't think the Broncos are quite good enough to put the defeat on the Rams. I, I think that defeat obviously will come later on. But yeah, Rams for me. Now, two teams coming off really weird losses last weekend. Uh, the Tennessee Titans falling flat in that 13-12 to loss at Buffalo last Sunday. The Ravens, the overtime 12-9 to loss over the Cleveland Browns. When Justin Tucker's getting out kicked in a game, you know that it's weird. Um, weird. The Ravens went 13-13 and in the red zone in the first three games of the season haven't scored a touchdown since the first quarter of that week four tilt in Pittsburgh where the offense kind of started to go off the boil and we talked about this about whether or not they were a good offense earlier between that and the allowing of the the nearly 350 yards to Baker Mayfield as well this is a for me this is a bigger game for the Ravens than it is the Titans because 
we got really excited about them after three weeks and we knew that after four games they're getting you know, one of their best corners back as well and yeah we, we were kind of we became pumped about what the Ravens were going to offer and then they've kind of papped the bed the last couple of weeks it's just can they bounce back against a, a pretty stout Titans D yeah it's two quintessential what are they teams and I think the Ravens on the road they're, they're both like positive what are they teams yeah yeah because we don't know what what the ceiling is for these two we haven't seen it quite yet or maybe we have maybe we have seen it with the Ravens in some of those early season wins and that's as, as good as it's going to get again we don't know on the road though the Ravens are a huge difference to how they are back in Baltimore so it's also going up against their former defensive coordinator Dean Pease the Pease revenge game yeah exactly uh, Mike Vrabel the Titans head coach of all the new head coaches in the NFL might have had the best start to life the best first five weeks yeah well, you can't, I can't argue with that good and you shouldn't because I'm right um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the Titans are a, a massive what are they on offence because Marcus Mariota looked pretty good Marcus in- Mariota Marcus Mariota he looked really good in the, the game against the Eagles like that uh, that oh, the last drive the was, last oh. drive was so so oh. good and and props to Vrabel for spotting that Mariota had a hot hand and, and was gonna do what he did so that's really good and really positive and then last week up in Buffalo it it, it, it kind of all fell apart they, they didn't ever get going either on the ground or through, through the air. Yeah, he only threw 129 yards, 14 of 26, threw an interception. They also turned the ball over with two fumbles. But there's also the fact that he has got that scrambling ability and can do good stuff on good stuff on designed runs as well. And he ran the ball just twice against Buffalo for 10 yards after going 10 times for 46 yards against the Eagles. I would like to see them try and use him in the run game against a Ravens front that I like and that's got really good talent there. Mm. But... I think the Ravens scheme this year it it looks simplified that's not necessarily a negative up front because they've got safeties who can do literally everything and really good corners the front seven don't need to do a huge amount they tend to disguise coverages all at the back end and they tend to use those safeties you know they'll come up and they'll blitz for safety and they'll come up they'll do really interesting stuff there but actually you can catch a team that are disguising and a team that are trying to do really kind of interesting and intricate things and only having six instead of seven in a zone and stuff like that. That's the stuff. Those are the teams that actually, if you do something interesting on offense, you can catch them under unawares. So it could end up being... That's the that's a really interesting battle, that Titans offense against the Ravens defense. I'm, this, is a, this is a horrible game to call. I think, had it if, the t- if it's the other way around, Baltimore at home, I, I would pick the Ravens hands down. But because the Titans are at home and I worry about Flacco on the road, I'm taking the Titans. I think I might take the Ravens. I just think John John Harbour has experienced Mike Vrabel, been really impressed with him through five weeks. Which who who did the worst job last week? Was it the Titans going to Buffalo, which is a really tough place to go, but against a team with less talent, or the Ravens against a Browns team? Again, a tough place to go, not as tough, but a much more talented team. No, is it much more talented? Yeah, it's more talented than the Bills. Far yeah, more it is. talented defense than, than the Bills. I, I think the Ravens had the less bad win last week, so I'm going to take the Ravens. I know that's a weird way of thinking of it, but 
but it's the way I'm going with it. And then we get the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Dallas to face the Cowboys. Uh, the the Jags, uh, the Cowboys at two and three, the Jags at three and two. Um, the the biggest problems for the Jags this season penalties have been a huge issue. Blake Bortles has thrown seven interceptions and they've lost five fumbles already. Twelve giveaways, which means that the, the team with the best takeover di- takeaway differential last year is now absolutely in a hole when it comes to that. To be three and two, but minus seven on the turnover ratio, actually is quite impressive. Actually, it just shows how well they can stay in games even when the offense is making mistakes. And it just shows just how good that defense is. If the Cowboys are going to win this game, what they need to do, and I was just talking about the Ravens being quite basic, it's a really interesting scheme, the the Jags' defense, because it's pretty pure zone, because they've got so much speed, they close those zones down so quickly, they don't feel the need to go, like, man-to-man, and actually, it is pretty simple. It's it's the, that cover three system that they used in um, in Seattle that's come over, and they've shown some wrinkles of some cover two and stuff as well, but realistically... They are a readable defense that just do everything really well. If the Cowboys do what they did a few weeks ago, where they went and did a load of read option, and so, like, you know, that first half against the uh, Giants, was it, when we had that game on Sunday Night Football? Yeah. Their first half performance, where they did lots of interesting stuff on offense. If they can do that, they have a chance to beat this Jags defense. But I don't necessarily trust Prescott as a read the as a like read the coverages guy and make changes at the line he's been better at it this year but if I've got to take an overall view of it I think the Jags defence over the Cowboys offence is enough for me for them to win this game what about the resurgence of this Cowboys defence Leighton Van Der Esch had a, an amazing game last great week great second half they stopped the, we spoke about it earlier in the in the pod Jalen Smith as well not just Van Der Esch oh, Jalen Smith was great and they stopped um the Texans from scoring how many ever, how many times was it seven times in the red zone seven different downs so that was that was incredible against a Jaguars offense which has played Bortles as its spearhead now how much of a difference do you think bringing in Jamal Charles I was going to say Jamal Charles is back in the league which, which I, I love because I, I love Jamal Charles but not a huge difference he will be the backup to TJ Yeldon um, Fournette missing his fourth game already this season um, they've got uh, they've got some problems on the line that's the other issue for the Jags um, Josh Wells has been sitting in for Cam Robinson uh, the last three games uh, is now going to be out with a groin injury so it's going to be interesting to see when they first come out on their first offensive drive who are the inactives who's going to be starting on that line because they essentially don't have a backup at left tackle at the moment they've got this guy that picked up Will Richardson in the fourth round who I mean he's a right tackle in theory that could be something that causes a real problem And, and if I was going to take the Cowboys it would be Demarcus Lawrence there against the backup. Against the backup to the backup potentially that's the that's the thing that, that that scares me is that line and I'm, what it's capable of. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking the Cowboys because I think they're actually a far worse coach team as well. And all of that talent on the Jacksonville Jaguars defence and some of their wide receivers are kind of interesting as well and Didi Westbrook et al. I'm taking the Jaguars and I'm kind of happy about that. So apparently reports are Josh Walker will start at left tackle. Um, it's, well... 
as of today, this was, this was as of yesterday, but there is still a possibility that one of the guards moves out to the left tackle spot. So Josh Walker, who is you know, listed on the depth chart as the backup right guard, but they might move AJ Can out to left tackle and put Josh Walker in at right guard. Oof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that is, that's patchwork at best, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, oh. <laughs> Bang. Uh, oh, Sunday night football. Can we talk about Monday night football first so we can save Sunday night football to last? Yeah, of course. Monday night football, the Green Bay Packers are going to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Do you want me to come in to talk sport and be with you for this? <laughs> we'll just be <laughs> alongside me. No, just just a little personal bit of support so you can laugh in my face when you absolutely batter us. Yeah. I mean, if you desperately want to be there, mate, you're more than welcome to be there. But <laughs> I, mean, I don't have to be there. I'm just. I will just enjoy a Green Bay offense who needs a bit of a pick me up. So what best under the lights having the San Francisco 49ers roll into town? Um, hey, look, we're amazing on Monday nights. Are you an NFL record 48? wins on Monday Night Football despite having made the playoffs just three times since uh, 2002 we are on a nine game winning streak on Monday Night Football in that time we love Monday nights we don't love Monday nights when we've got no Garoppolo (laughs) (laughs) when we've got no Garoppolo no McKinnon the uh, (laughs) here is who missed uh, uh, practice on Thursday do you want the list of 49ers mispractice oh, on Thursday? You know I love an injury report list. Joe Staley. Yeah. Centre Western Richford and right guard Mike Pearson. Three of our starting offensive line. Yeah. Pierre Garçon, Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis are yeah. three starting receivers. Yeah. George Kittle and Matt Breeder. Oh. All missed practice on Thursday. Breeder will Breeder won't play this weekend. It's almost certain. Um there's a really interesting... I heard this talked about on the around the NFL podcast and then went and found it. And now I can't remember the guy's Twitter handle, so I'll tweet it from at Will Gav at some point today. At Talk Gav. There's a guy that does, um, like, offensive line breakdowns on Twitter who's really good, uh, like a recommended follow. And he's done a thing on George Kittle. And he thinks George Kittle might be the best blocking tight end he's ever seen. Whoa. Combined with how good he is in the air... You know, when Rob Gronkowski retires in two years' time at the same as Tom Brady, just keep an eye out for George Kittle being the best tight end in football. What, better than Travis Kelsey? Just keep an eye out for it. Zach Ertz? Just saying it. Best Greg- all-round tight end in football. Greggy Olsen? Just, just say, Greg Olsen's going to be about 82 by then, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could be. Uh... Yeah, I mean, the, the Packers are going to win. The Packers will win. The, this this is the worst gridiron bowl that's happened in the entire time we've been doing this show. Yeah, it might be. And we've had a couple of playoff games. <laughs> yeah, which the 49ers won. And we've had right, some great primetime games. This has been traditionally a great game over the last will five this, or six years. Will this be worse than reading QPR when both teams needed to stay in the Premier League <laughs> and they played out <laughs> nil, nil. No, nothing, <laughs> no sporting event will ever be worse <laughs> no, than that. No, it won't be, it won't be. The Kansas City Chiefs at 5-0 and oh go to the New England Patriots at 3-2. and two. And you remember what I said earlier, Ollie? I said I was going to do this one more time this show when talking about the AFC North go on imagine that come Monday morning whoa Monday morning about 4.30am yep on talk sports yep we are talking about a Kansas City Chiefs team who are 6-0 and 
three games ahead of the New England Patriots and with the tiebreaker over them as well. Give them the one seed now. Send them to the Super Bowl. We love the Kansas City Chiefs, even with their slightly rubbish defense. I mean, slightly rubbish is an understatement. But <laughs> I've tried to underplay the fact that they're going to... I think this is tough for them this weekend. It's going to really be... Really tough. It's really tough because the Patriots defense has actually performed far better since they went to... What was it? One and two. They're now three and two. And they've managed to get the, a whole lot more out of Sonia Michel, who didn't look like a running back NFL worthy running back in the first three games and has had some really good numbers the last two games couple that with James White and how he's used in a complementary slash um, uh, what's it called uh, committee a complementary slash committee the Patriots are a much better football team now than they were in the first three and if if the Chiefs are going to be taken Seriously for the Super Bowl, this is a game that they need to win. And Pat Mahomes... I don't know if it's a game they need to win to be taken seriously for the Super Bowl. I think they could lose this game and still finish above the Patriots on... That's going to go to one game difference. But if they still finish... If, when it comes to playoffs, say this is the AFC Championship game... Say this is the NFC... uh, Say this is the AFC Championship game. It's the AFC Championship game. Well done. Um... You still said the wrong thing, but it's fine. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> but it's in Arrowhead. Yeah. I'd fancy the Chiefs. So would I. If it's so in- I don't think this this is, you know, they have to win it to prove themselves. I'd like to see them keep it tight, though. I, I've got the Patriots in this game purely by coaching, by being the home team, by being like the, how improved they looked last couple of weeks versus how they looked the first few weeks. All, those are the reasons why I like the Patriots for this game. But if it was a classic Ollie Hunterism, if this game was the other way round, oh, also they've had a long week as well because they played Thursday night last week, giving Bill Belichick more time to prepare, prepare for Pat Mahomes and all the Chiefs do on offense. In a classic Hunterism, if it was the other way around, I'd take the Chiefs, but I'm taking the Patriots. Are you worried about Mahomes over the last two weeks? Where the last week it was the first week he hadn't passed for a touchdown. He did run one in. The week before was not a great week for him. It was a good week. Is there any concern that teams are starting to figure that figure him out? The week before he had that the big late comeback drives, which was so good that it put to paid any of the idea that I wasn't keen on what he'd done last week he had the turnover and it wasn't his best performance but they just showed that there is enough else from that chief offense chief's offense to to keep it going my bigger concern I think the chief's offense will be fine this is going to be another potentially very very high scoring game problem is the Patriots last week on offense they suddenly had Julian Elmer moving the chains they've got a more healthy Gronk this week on top of that they've got an outside threat in Josh Gordon they've got so Michelle, after four games in the NFL, really starting to look like he's figuring it out, being someone who can get between the chat tackles and falls forwards for a yard. Still don't think he's very elusive in the open field or, or when he gets outside to the edge. I'm not sure he's the quickest of backs, but they've got James White out of the backfield. This is a high-powered, exciting offense. These are two high-powered, exciting offenses. This is going to be a barnstorm. It's going to be a great game. And I, I just, if the Chiefs lose next week, the Bengals come into Arrowhead again on Sunday night. Oh, football. Sunday night! Sunday night! The first flex of uh, of the year, which I love. 
Uh, what did they flex out? Was it the the 49ers Rams? The 49ers Rams. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just just very quickly. NFL schedulers. That's a, you've a big, done a great job. That's there. a big thank you from both Willie and I on uh, <laughs> on the Sunday night football duty on Talksport. By the way, Willie, the only place you can get in the studio analysis throughout where is, the night. Where is that, Ollie? Talksport with uh, you and I. Wonderful, Ollie. I've got to go do my real job, um, and we've also got to do Red Zone Sports Bet. So uh, it's going to be a great. I'm really excited about Week Six. Any final thoughts? Um, no, but th- that was great. I love doing that with you. To the Ben. To the Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Crudite Show. Obrigado. <laughs> So now to get the latest odds for the TV games for the weekend with our friends at redzonesports.bet. Waza joins us as usual, but Warren, you're in a very special location this week. I mean, when we said we wanted to do something, you know, special for the podcast, we didn't think you'd fly to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I was out here anyway, Will, but uh, yeah, I flew for you guys, absolutely. I flew for, I flew for your <laughs> podcast, that's why. That's why. That's why I'm sat here. I'm, I'm sat in the, uh, uh, the Caesars Palace sportsbook. It's only 20 past eight in the morning and there's no one else around. So everyone's looking rather strangely at me. But uh, I've got their odds in front of me. So I'll be quoting their odds. Well, their lines, not our lines today because um, I'm on my phone. So I can't, I can't check the lines. I can't do two things at once. So there we go. Well, yeah, we must say then terms, conditions and lines and everything. Redzonesports.bet. Head there. Uh, let's start off with the London game. The Seattle Seahawks and the Oakland Raiders at Wembley. What are we saying? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think travel is going to be a factor in this. Um, uh, the teams generally, it doesn't always happen, but generally the team that arrives first in London settles better. Both teams are coming from the West Coast. Um, and I think the fact that Seattle got their day earlier, um, I think their defence is going to be better rested. Uh, and they're going to come up against a banged up um, Oakland defensive line. Uh, it could be down to three starters. Uh, I mean, last week, the rookie linemen struggled against the Chargers, and I think it's going to continue against Frank Clark this week. Um, Derek Carr struggles when he's under pressure, and, and you know, I think he's going to manage the rest of the whole game. On the other side, I don't, you know, listen, Seattle aren't a very good team anymore, uh, but I think this is a good matchup for them, especially for Russell Wilson, who, you know, unlike in previous weeks, is going to be better protected and should be able to execute, execute some of those play-action uh, passes with a little bit more precision. So my pick, looking up at the line, it's uh, Seahawks minus 2.5. So I'll be going for Seahawks uh, minus 2.5 points. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I've got the Seahawks. And definitely, uh, you know, that, that's a line that they should be beating, I think, with relative ease. Shh, don't tell anyone I've said that. Especially my new best friend, Darren McFadden. Um, the Baltimore Ravens in Tennessee to face the Titans is the evening pick. Uh, I'm, I was slightly surprised Sky not going with the Jags game, but I was also pleased because I think this is a really interesting game. A little attritional, potentially, both in low-scoring surprise losses last week. So both teams trying to get their season back on track. Yep. Uh, the line looking up at the board here, they've got it at Ravens minus three and the over-under at 41.5. I think Red Zone still has it at 42 points, but I could be wrong. I'm, as I said, I'm in a different time zone. Um, so um, I think that the Ravens are playing very well. And, and I think, well, both these teams, I think last week's losses, I think they I think they took it for granted that they were going to, you know, against against the Bills and the Browns and both teams were going to win. And, and I think they're probably guilty of a little overconfidence. Um I think both defences are playing brilliantly uh, and I think both 
defensive are going to dominate the offensive line of the other team. I'm going to give a slight edge to Baltimore, but Tennessee have been, you know, they've been brilliant at home, and they, you know they won uh, as underdogs against Houston and against Philly. Uh, my pick's going to be the under. As I said, it's 42 points. Uh, I thought it was on our site. Looking up at the Caesars ball, it's 41.5. I still think it's a low-scoring game, and that's where my money would be. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a low line, and yet I'm still tr- struggling to figure out who's going to score the points to get above it. So, uh, you know, it's a good shout. It's definitely a good shout. We're all loving Sunday night football this week. Live on Talk Sport with me and Ollie, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. This game being in New England is swinging me in that direction, but uh, what are the what are the odds telling us? Well, you've got Patriots uh, minus 3.5, so they're 3.5-point uh, favourites. The over-under is quite high, actually, 59.5, looking up at the board here. Look, uh, Patriots' win against the Colts the other Thursday uh, wasn't particularly great. I, you know, I thought they won, they did, and we just did, but, you know, it was nothing exciting about it. That said, they've had a a hell of a lot of time to prepare for this Kansas City team coming in and Bill Belichick is pretty good at that Kansas on defence are weak all over but they're particularly weak against sort of the run and pass catching running backs in particular so I think uh, James Wyatt and Sonny Mitchell uh, should have um, pretty big days on the other side you know it, it, it can be tricky to take away Tyreek Hill you know he's got loads of speed but I think Patriots game plan is going to be to cover Kelsey you know who keeps the Kansas City chains moving all the time with little intermediate passes Belichick's going to dare the homes to throw deep to Watkins and Hill and they're low percentage plays so I, I, I think it's going to keep everything underneath closed and he's going to need to come up with some new plays and concepts to beat Belichick but I don't see this happening my pick would be either New England minus 3.5 or yeah, no, I'm, I'm just keep considering the under, but let's keep it with uh, Patriots minus three or minus 3.5. 3.5 is obviously a little bit more risky, but yeah, if you can get three minus three on our side, I'd go for it. Yeah, I think you guys have got minus three five at the moment, and your over unders at sixty. I, I kind of I'm leaning towards the over, weirdly, because I know that everyone thinks that those that extra time scheming for the Chiefs' offense is going to be what does it for the Patriots, but. I think there are definitely points in this game because the Patriots' offense, now they've got Edelman back, now that they've got Gordon, he played well on the outside and just having that threat out there takes up one of your corners. I, I like them th- this to be a nice, high-scoring, free-flowing game. So uh, that's kind of just what I fancy. But then, you know, never never go with what I fancy. Generally, it tends to be a good rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Monday Night Football... The nine-and-a-half-point favourite Green Bay Packers welcome the San Francisco 49ers into Lambeau Field. Over-under is at 46-and-a-half on red zone. And, uh, yeah, I t- there's just the question essentially here is, if you're going with a straight-up winner, I, you know, the Packers aren't going to give you great odds. It's whether or not you think they're going to beat that nine-and-a-half-point line or not. Yeah, me as a punter, I, I wouldn't touch a line that high, no matter how happy, I, I, how, how much I like a team. Um, you know, I think once you get above seven points, you're, you're asking for trouble because the Packers don't need to win by more than one point. Do you know what I mean? They need to, need to win the game. Uh, you know, I think they're going to, I think Rodgers is going to uh, rebound after that disastrous defeat to Detroit. Um, their big question will be, is Mason Crosby trustworthy after, you know, having an exceptional career? He, he just got the jitters last week and if he's got the yips, is he going to be able to kick field goals this this um this week uh, you know Rogers also last week he's been struggling with new receivers so for him to get Cole and Alison back at practice you know I think it was yesterday um, that's going to help him 
49ers weren't able to keep Josh Russian um, from having success or play action passes, so that's not going to bode well against uh, Aaron Rodgers, is it? So um, I think uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a a, a, a slugfest. Um, I think you know Shanahan on for the San Francisco's, you know, he's a master play designer, so I think. CJ Bethard's going to be able to have some success against the Packers, and, and they keep leaking uh, production to tight ends. So I think uh, George Kittle's going to um, be a, sort of on, on for a big day as well. So I've got no view on on either side. I wouldn't touch the nine and a half points, um, but I would go for over forty six and a half points. Um, look, was it brilliant stuff as always? Go and keep enjoying Vegas. Uh, don't hit the tables too hard. Uh, we need you uh, back in one piece. But otherwise, uh, brilliant stuff as always. Do head to redzonesports.bet for the latest terms and conditions, lines and odds. Uh, he's, of course, over 18s only, and please gamble responsibly. Uh, Warren, thank you for your time. Cheers, Will. Have a good one, mate. Hi everyone, it's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev <laughs> for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. 